this second Friday of Easter, let's pray with the reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee, of Tibidias. A large crowd followed him, because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Discovering day after day that what we say and predicate is true is immensely rewarding. Jesus was resurrected. He continues working silently but effectively within many souls scattered around the world. I feel it, and I'm sure you do too. Today, I was given the grace to listen firsthand to the story of a young man who had, symbolically speaking, fallen off a horse, as it happened to St. Paul. We, priests, are witnesses to God's wonders within the hearts of so many people. If a person doesn't believe, it's not because he doesn't see. It's because he doesn't want to see or because his heart was stricken with grief. The appearances of the resurrected Jesus still happen today in millions of situations and circumstances all over the world, beneath the silence of faith. Do you remember what the disciples told Thomas on Sunday? We have seen the Lord. Today, from the bottom of my heart, I'd love to cry out that I've seen the Lord. I see him when someone, like this man who came up to me some days ago, tells me that he felt transformed after several years of having defined himself as a non-believer. He underwent this transformation 
under unimaginable circumstances at a monastery when he retreated to peace for a few days. And his change didn't occur due to words or logical explanations. It happened because he contemplated how the monks lived. They were simple, austere, but they glowed with joy. The man experienced what he thought he would never experience. He rejoiced when receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. He didn't study catechesis a lot. He didn't understand much our faith, but he was transformed. Today, this young man wants nothing but to be closer to Jesus, but to know him a little bit more every day. Who can explain what this person experienced if it is not through the grace that comes from the above? Jesus is alive. Jesus is looking for us. He's looking for you and for me. He's looking for those who have gone astray, those who don't understand, those who reject him, those who demand scientific evidence. He looks for us, always. That's why blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Blessed are the ones who listen and don't get tired of listening, because the very act of listening gives a clear proof that we are trying to believe, that we are trying to accept what we have to go through, even if we don't see, if we don't have scientific evidence for everything. Not everything is proven by control experiments. There are absolute certainties that can't be put into words. Glimpses of the Gospel, Sean's Gospel in particular, tells us that Jesus multiplies the loaves as a sign of something deeper. Without going into the details of one version or another, not only did the evangelists want to describe the miracle that Jesus had performed and put it in writing, as God made man, Jesus could work that miracle and he could have done much more. But they also wanted to show that Jesus longs to be bread of life for the world, and not a king. He doesn't want to be a king in a worldly style, as we see in today's reading. The word of God is crystal clear. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. We aren't the ones who have turned God into a king. God was a king before we existed. God surrenders himself and gives himself to us as food, and we don't realize. We pursue satisfaction, but not in God. Men hunger for something different. You and I need something else today. We not only need wheat or barley bread, a house, a car, good health, and vacation. We need something else. Even though you have everything you think you need, someday you'll realize you need something bigger, something that you can't provide for yourself, and that no one in this world can provide you with. What we need is so big that we can't create it. We can only receive it as a gift, 
the bread for our soul can't be nothing but God himself. We have an insatiable appetite. We are only satisfied with God's abundance. But where is God? Since Jesus came to this world, since the Father sent his Son so that we could believe, he's been the bread of the world, the food for all those who hunger, for you and me. Now, how do we feed on Jesus? How do we live in such a way that he himself becomes our bread? We must accept and believe in what we have been meditating over the last few days. We must listen to the word on a daily basis. We must live it. The word must become flesh. We must love in our routine and find what's big in simplicity. We must accept forgiveness and forgive. We must acknowledge that Jesus is present in each Eucharist and we must receive it with love. We must be aware that we can also do our part for the world's hunger, showing people that the only one who truly satisfies the human heart is Jesus. May we have a good day and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.